1: For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Now, when you look at a passage like this, there are many, many nuggets of gold that we could pick up and examine and amplify. But today, what we're going to do is just focus on a few large nuggets that I think will encourage us, if not challenge us, during this present difficult time we live in. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. Today is Monday, March 23rd, and Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church continue to pray that you, your families, and your loved ones remain safe and healthy during these trying times of the COVID-19 outbreak. On today's broadcast... We are continuing with part two of Pastor Keith's message of encouragement, entitled Hope in Hard Times. So if you have your Bibles, please return with us again to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now here's Pastor Keith.
1: And you may be perplexed, but you need not despair. This is a temporal trial. The Lord is your shepherd. He will provide as he always has. What can man do to you? What can the virus do to you? It can't take your salvation away. Can anyone or anything separate you from the love of God in Christ? Can anyone or anything separate you from Jesus' grip or his Father's hand? And so we have to say along with the psalmist in Psalm 4.8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. God is your safety. He is your security. It's not your circumstance. It's not your situation. You may be perplexed, but you should not be driven to despair because you know that God is, you know that God saved you, you know that God will provide for you. It may not be easy, but He will do that. It may not be easy on you, but He will do that. So consider the words of Jesus on a similar matter. In Matthew 10, uh, 28 to 31, we read this. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. You know, God sent his son to die for you. He... He took you who were dead in, his, in your trespasses and sins and he made you alive together with Christ and you have nothing to despair. God loves you. He values you. He has raised you up. He has provided a ministry and a calling for you. We are here to change this world as Christ followers one soul at a time with the message of Jesus Christ and every situation or circumstance that befalls us is an opportunity to fulfill that calling. And so do not despair. This crisis is temporary. In fact, everything on earth is temporary. Even our lives are temporary. But what I mean is this too shall pass. Do not fear those who can kill the body, but fear, revere the one who can kill the body and cast the soul into hell. Rest in the providence and sovereignty of God. You are his child, and no one can harm you eternally. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. It's okay to be perplexed. It's okay to be concerned, but don't lose hope. Trust in God even when life hurts. Which brings us to mindset number three, or or declaration number three, and it's this. Even if I suffer for my faith, Christ will not forsake me. Even if I suffer for my faith, Christ will not forsake me. Here's Paul's declaration in 2 Corinthians 4 9. We are persecuted but not forsaken. We are persecuted but not forsaken. You know, I'm reminded that persecution always means that God is at work. He's using you to display His glory. He's using you to advance His cause, to deliver His message. And when you're faithful, you know that the enemy, Satan, or his servants, are going to persecute you. And God is with you there. As you walk with God, you're going to suffer hardship. But you will never be forsaken. It's, you know, he's your Abba Father. That word Abba means Daddy. It's a term of endearment. Jesus uses it. Paul uses it. We can use it when we cry out to him in the night, when we hurt. Because it's like this. It's like he's our big daddy. and He's got this big hand. Or he's got this big hand. And we, with our little tiny hands, hold on to his fingers like little children. I used to take my children to the mall when they were teeny tiny girls. They're now 27 and 23. The thing that used to amaze me was how tightly those little hands could hold on to my fingers. And my fingers looked giant in comparison to their hands. And I knew this, that I had those little girls on those fingers that I would never, ever forsake them that i would never ever let any harm come to them that i would give my life for them as jesus gave his life for us this is the god who sent his son to die for your sin this is the god who has called you his own who has put his sandals on your feet and ring on your finger and cloak over your shoulders and clothed you in the love and the power of god and he never ever forsakes his people that's why Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five ten through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Are they forsaken? No, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Why? For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What did Jesus say? A servant is not above his master. A student is not above his teacher. They hated me, they'll hate you. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. But you belong to God. And no matter what your situation or circumstance, even if it's a disease and not outright persecution, God is with you. God will sustain you. God will see you safely home. That where Jesus is, you will be also. You are you are not forsaken. You belong to God, and God does not misplace any of his treasures. You know, some of you know, and sometimes it drives my wife and daughters crazy, I'm kind of a sucker for sentimentality. And in nineteen thirty-six there was this old poem written and lost, and it ended up it ended up in public domain, and then it became a, a Hallmark greeting card, and it's called Footsteps. And and a lot of you have seen the poem, probably read the poem. And it, in some cases, is hyper-sentimental. Some would say corny. I like it. What it does, it tells the story of a person at the end of their life looking back over their Christian life. And the the life is like the, the beach. They're at the beach. And their footsteps are there. And their footsteps are a metaphor of them marching home toward heaven. And they look. And there's the footsteps of God alongside them. And then they look at certain points in their life and his footsteps are gone. And they're talking to God. And towards the end of the poem, you read this. Let me read this for you. You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there has only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why? Why, when I needed you most, have you not been there for me? And it says the Lord responded, "The years that you when that, excuse me, the, the, the years when you have seen only one set of footprints, my child, is when I carried you. You may be persecuted, but you'll never be forsaken." God says in Deuteronomy thirty-one six, "Be strong and be courageous. Do not fear or be or be in dread, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you." He will not leave you or forsake you. So we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Affirmation or declaration number four. Though struck down, I will not be destroyed because Jesus has given me eternal life. Though struck down, I will not be destroyed because Jesus has given me eternal life. Where do we see that? It comes through in verse 9 at the end. We are struck down but not destroyed. We are not Eliminated, we are not disintegrated. Paul appreciated the grace of God. he had been a persecutor of the church, and after he had converted to Jesus Christ, to following Christ, to putting his trust and his faith in Christ, he suffered much for the cause of Christ. He and Jesus had an incredible history because one who once hated Jesus was now a servant and doing great things in the power of God for the church. And what we see here is in Paul's life and his testimony here even in 2 Corinthians 4 and 9 is that there's nothing to fear because our future is set. We belong to God. We belong to Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He says, I've gone to prepare a place for you and I will come back and receive you to myself that where I am you will be always. And so, if our lives end by disease, uh, by uh, death because of old age, violence, whatever it is, our physical death isn't the end of us. It's the beginning of a new chapter in our lives. We are spiritual beings created in the image and likeness of God. He has saved us, those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, those of us who belong to Christ. And our future will exceed anything in eternity will exceed anything that we experience in this life. Jesus talking to the sister of Lazarus who had died. He's talking to Martha and she's grieving at the grave and Jesus says this to her in John eleven twenty five 25 to 26. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he should die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That you can be struck down but not destroyed? Have you put your faith in Christ so that you know that you have a heavenly home no matter what happens in this life? Christians have. Jesus is the only Savior. It says that he's the only mediator between God and man. It says that there's no other name given among men under heaven by which someone may be saved. And the fact of the matter is that no matter what happens to us in the temporal sense, we're not going to cease to exist. We're going to enjoy a life in heaven with God. And this should be a cause for hope even in the most difficult times, and I know the times are difficult. And what he said to her applies to you and to I. Whoever puts their confidence in Christ, even if they physically die, yet shall they live. Death is a beginning, not an end. It's an entry into eternity. And there's nothing that any man can do to you. There's nothing that any woman can do to you. There's nothing any disease that can do to you that that will separate you from the love of Christ, that will rip you from the hands of Jesus, from the hands of his Father. We are struck down but not destroyed. We belong to God. And we are holding on to his finger. And he is holding on to us even in this crisis. No one can rip you from his hand. I want to circle back now and look at 2 Corinthians 4, 5, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 and 10 to set up our fifth declaration, our fifth uh, affirmation, our fifth the fifth mindset that we need to cultivate. And it says this, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our flesh, in our bodies. Here's the kind of right thinking that we need to cultivate. Number five. Trusting Him, I will seek to be Christ-like in every situation for the glory of God and the good of others. Trusting in Christ, I will seek to do everything that I do for the glory of God and the good of others. This is why He put us here. This is why when we're saved, we're not beamed up into heaven like on Star Trek. You know, beam me up, Scotty, in the original Star Trek. And where do we see this? We see this in Second Corinthians four, five, and ten. For, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as servants, as your servants for Jesus' sake. We're here to serve others by helping them find Christ. We're here to serve God and to serve others by delivering His message, not our message. This isn't about us, it's about God. Everything that we do, say, or think is worship. And we're either worshiping him and others can see it as we stand out in the culture rather than blend in. If we're not worshiping him, if we're w- worried all the time, if we are engaged in all kinds of crazy pursuits the w- absent God, then we're not serving God and we're certainly not serving others. God has raised you up for such a time as this, to live out, to portray, to deliver, to model his message, and there's no better time to do that than right now. You have, you, you are here for a reason. You were born in this age, in this place. You are living where you are in this situation, in this viral outbreak, because God has a purpose and plan for you. And we have to be about our Father's work. Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, says this in Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out, live out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work His good pleasure. God uses us to express His glory and power before the whole world. Look at verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. This world is broken. This is a fallen world where right is wrong and wrong is right, where up is down and down is up. And we need to live for God to be beacons of hope and light for people to see. And he ends it by saying, among whom you shine as lights in this world. We are to be beacons of hope, lights pointing to Christ. We need to bring light into a room, not darkness. Joy, not fear. Kindness, not crassness or coarseness. See this as an opportunity, a chance to be a beacon for Christ in a troubling time. You see, this, none of this is by accident. You're under these circumstances, in this situation, for the glory of God, for the good of others, and your own growth. So do not lose hope. Have hope. Not hope like, I hope it's not going to rain tomorrow, but a hope that looks forward to a future with God and bringing as many sons and daughters to glory with you as you can. And so we have to affirm together with Paul and as a church family that, yes, we are jars of clay, and this treasure, this gospel, this message, this truth is carried in fragile vessels, imperfect vessels like you and me, to show the surpassing power that belongs to God, the power to save, the power to give hope. And so we are afflicted in every way, yes, but not crushed. And we we may be perplexed, but we may and are not driven to despair if we have Christ. We may be persecuted, but he will not forsake us. We may be struck down by illness or adversity or people, but we will not be destroyed because we have Christ and Christ has us. And so I just want to encourage you today. As you think about what I've said to you, I want you to think about where you fit into this. And I want to give you some suggestions for uh, application as you... Really, as you shelter in place, as you shelter in your homes, as you are are, kind of isolated from the outside world, but you might be with your family or you might be FaceTiming with friends. And let me just give you some suggestions for application. Number one, make a plan. Have a plan. We know the situation we're in. We know that God has ordained it and allowed it. We need to make a plan. We need to decide how we will make use of this time to minister. You know, you're with your family, maybe, or you're with your spouse. You have time to pray with them like you've never had before because you're, you're sort of quarantined, right? Parents with young children, you know, we have a place on our website for resources. This is a chance to spend extra time with your kids discipling their hearts and minds. This is a time where you have lots of time on your hands. You may be telecommuting. You may not. You know what? Reacquaint yourself with the Bible, Equip yourself. You know, reprogram your mind and thought processes with the Word of God. And you know what you can do? Uh, you can be in touch with maybe people in your small group through WhatsApp. You can go and download the app for your phone or something like that. Uh, also, check out the web, our website, the hillside.org website. We have lots of resources. And, and basically, redeem this time. Make this time count. Make a plan. When the sermon starts, when you t- click on the sermon, uh, you know, when, uh, to invite people to a watch party. You know, you can play the sermon over and over again. You can play it later in the day. Take this message. Invite Pete, your Facebook friends to a watch party. So that's one thing you can do. Make a plan and carry it out. The second thing you can do is to stay active. Are you working from home? Well, you need a, a little break every fifty minutes. Go for a walk. Go for a walk outdoors. Go for a five minute walk and, and, and have a prayer time. Spend time with Jesus. That five minute breather may make the difference in somebody else's life that's eternal. Take walks with friends or family. Meet up with your small group for a walk. Don't just go indoors and wither and do something. Stay active. Second, uh, third, set limits. Don't waste your time, leverage it. What do I mean? Well, do all things in moderation. This is not a time to start binge-watching everything on your favorite streaming service. Don't get carried away playing online games. Monitor your time online. Monitor your time on social media, surfing the web, and make time for family. Make time for God. Make time to grow. Make time to serve others. You know, we have this service that we're doing right now for our seniors and shut-ins. We have 40 volunteers who will pick up groceries or Pick up prescriptions, you know, do something, right? Set time limits. You don't have to just, you, you don't live to work. You work so that you can live and live for God. So just remember who you represent. Have hope in this difficult time. Think about what we've talked about today. Go back and review the passage and decide how you're going to live out your hope in these hard times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can have hope in the most difficult of times, Lord. Others have suffered far greater hardship, but yet, Lord, this is our hardship. And so, Father, I pray for each and every person in the sound of my voice that they would find encouragement in Christ. And if they don't know what it means to trust Christ as their Savior, if they're trusting in something or someone else, if they haven't surrendered their soul, if they haven't surrendered their rights, if they haven't surrendered their whole person to you, I pray now that they would pray, Lord Jesus... Make me your child. Take me wherever you want to take me. Use me however you can. I just want to be yours. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Keith Crosby on this special edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast. We do want to thank you for tuning in today and joining us for Grace to Live, as these days are most definitely uncharted waters for all of us, not only here in our San Jose community, but also for believers worldwide. So we want to encourage you to keep looking up and holding fast to the Lord and His promises. Remember, He gave us these promises long, long ago, knowing exactly what we would be facing today, and that alone should give us all hope. With the current guidelines in place by our president and the local leaders here in San Jose, Hillside Church will be holding our worship service 100% online for now. So please remember our website, hillside.org. You can view our Sunday morning service there as well as to keep informed with updates on what's happening here at the church as we walk through this time together. Just click on the COVID-19 response button for updates on ministry activities, resources for your children, as well as important information from the County Health Commission. And you can also connect with us on social media, the church Facebook page, at Hillside Church San Jose, as well as our Instagram page, at Hillside San Jose. Don't worry if you missed any of this information. You can access everything by visiting our website, hillside.org. We want to thank you so very much for spending this time with us here on the Grace to Live radio broadcast. I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and all of us here at Hillside Church, we want to encourage you with our prayer that the Lord will continue to richly bless you and protect you. So please keep looking up, and thanks for listening.